Hello and welcome to Afroqueer. I'm your host, Sally Chum. In the studios today, we have Aida Halinambi. Hi, Sally. So we are finally at the end of season one and kind of sad. Yeah, I'm kind of sad too. But I'm also kind of like happy because we did it. I mean, we did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in the studio today to talk to us about our first season and tell us like some of your favorite episodes, some things that really surprised you. And we're here to check in with our listeners. They've submitted some questions to us and we're going to answer them. Yeah. Okay. And uh, maybe give a sneak taste of season two. A sneak sneak. Not too much. A super a sneak. Yeah. It's like a really, really small taste. Yeah. So it has been such an incredible experience putting this podcast together. I mean, we have been across the continent. We've been in the diaspora collecting stories, uh, queer stories, all kinds of queer stories. Um, And so we're going to actually have an opportunity to reflect about our first season. Yeah. So, Ida, you know, you've produced a lot of the episodes. What was your favorite part of season one? Well, first of all, if you haven't listened to all the episodes, definitely go back, listen to them all. There might be some spoilers in this episode. Um, One of my favorite moments in season one was the very first episode that we reported, Pride and Prejudice in Johannesburg, where we looked at the history of Pride there all the way to today, speaking to different iconic figures and important people who've been part of the pride movements in South Africa, really getting to sit down with a woman called Bev Dietze, who is an important figure in the LGBT rights movement in South Africa. She was there at the very, very first pride event that happened in 1990. And, um, you know, when we sat down with her, we got to relive what her experience had been on that particular day. And then we started marching, and then it, the rain, kind of just a slight drizzle. I will never forget that feeling, the euphoria of that feeling, the oh my God feeling. It really, that level of coming out, I don't think can be matched. I felt really um, in awe of all the work that, that that movement in particular had done over the years. Um, so was there anything that really surprised you when you went to report that episode? I was really struck by how bifurcated the movement is, I must say, um, that that there are entire factions that don't overlap. You know, I, I don't see an easy resolution to, to some of the, the tensions that are there. How about you, Sally? What was your favorite moment of season one? Well, it's really hard for me to pick a favorite because every episode really, it's like trying to say who's your favorite child. I mean, I don't want to say. (laughs) (laughs) But you have one. (laughs) (laughs) I have one, but I will not say. Um, But I think a story that I really loved um, reporting and I I know from the feedback touched a lot of people um, was David and Eric's story about the gay wedding that broke the Nigerian internet. So in this story, we traveled, actually, I traveled to Boston to interview a couple that had been married a couple years before. And something that should be a very uh, beautiful and exciting moment, unfortunately, their their photos were 
uh, leaked to Nigerian bloggers. And, you know, what was a beautiful day suddenly became a nightmare. So the, the part that blew my mind off was my uncle, Kuzi in America. He hadn't called me. He hasn't called me once to say, how you doing? But he called my mother to tell my mother that her son got married to a man. His family was uh, threatened. Uh, I think his mom, his mother didn't know what was going on. And um, this was the, you know, day two of our honeymoon was dealing with all these threats and the fact that somebody thought it was okay to sell or sell or send or share our photos with some gossip blogger who I've never met. It was an incredible story to to report because oftentimes uh, we hear, we see people from the continent who go to the diaspora um, and get married and their their photos are sent back and put, you know, in local papers and on blogs. You know, we see these, these things being leaked, but we don't often have an opportunity to talk to people to hear, you know, what was the impact of that um, on them and their relationship um, and the relationship with their family. Um, their safety. And in this particular story, we got a chance to hear from both of them. Yeah, and actually, um, they gave us a bit of an update, didn't they? And uh, that update is on our website. Um, But maybe we'll play a bit of it now so that people can hear sort of how they're thinking about it since you interviewed them. I think that's a great idea. Hey, this is Eric. And this is David. It's been, what, two or... No, actually, six months since Sally recorded us. And... um, we are still happy in Boston, and um, Sally asked us a, a little bit about how we are. So far, so good. Um, we would um, continue to lean towards the positive side of life um, because um, we have come to notice that um, we've been inspiration to a lot of um, young folks in Nigeria. So most times we get random messages of people celebrating us and um, encouraging us and um, um, really proud of proud of us and they support us and um, they just wish someday um, things would get better back home. So incredible to hear from them. Such a lovely couple. We really did set out to make a pan-African podcast and I'm just so excited by the fact that people really are listening to us from all over the continent. And I think you may have a list. I may have a list. (laughs) (laughs) Want to hear it? Yes, I'd love to hear it. (laughs) All right. People are listening to us from, are you ready for this? Yeah. All right. Kenya, South Africa, Nigeria, Zimbabwe, Ghana, Uganda, Tanzania, Rwanda, Botswana, Senegal, Mauritius, Cameroon, Zambia, The Gambia, Ivory Coast, Malawi, Mozambique, Togo, Niger, Burundi, Namibia, Angola, Mali, Tunisia, and Egypt. What? (laughs) Wow. That is so fantastic. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited. I think, I mean, I feel like, what do you, what does that mean? To me, it means that there are queer stories, there are people hungry for queer African stories from all of these places. And I'm just so excited to tell more and more of those stories. Yes. Okay, so let's hear from some of the people who've reached out to us. Uh, We might not be able to get to all of the questions, but those that we don't get to, Rachel will answer on our social media platforms. Hello, my name is Emma. 
I am living in Ivory Coast. Why do you decide to make a podcast? First of all, we love podcasts. We love storytelling. And we listen to a lot of podcasts here. And we also wanted to create something that was very accessible uh, and that had a greater reach. And we felt that the podcast medium could do that. Yeah, and the beauty, I think, also of audio is that um, when you're getting the stories of queer Africans, but you don't have to have a camera in someone's face, I think you can talk to and share the stories of more people who might not have been comfortable being on video, but don't mind sharing their stories on audio. Hi, this is Wendy from Warwick University. I just want to know what was the most difficult episode for you to make. Thanks. Thanks for that question, Wendy. I think that um, the hardest one I would say to make was a provocation, which is a story that talks about uh, gender-based violence in South Africa, particularly violence perpetrated by you know, men that lesbians know and how it impacts um, how they navigate uh, in their societies. That was a very difficult episode to report because we had to... Um, really delve into some really hard statistics. According to a 2009 report by Action Aid International, 50% of South African women will be raped in their lifetime. Nino started researching cases and he was overwhelmed by the magnitude of the problem, how often it happened, how each case felt the same, how it turned out that most women were first raped, then brutally killed, often by someone they knew. And uh, so it was a, it was a tough episode to produce. Um, and I think the longer that we sat with the story, you know, it stopped being just a headline. Um, I think Rachel did a great job of making it very personal uh, for people to listen to. But I think that for me was was one of the harder ones to to put out. Um, my name is Nati, and I'm a Kenyan living, working and studying in Dubai. And I love this podcast so much because it gives me a sense of community. And my question um, is that when can we have guests who will tackle issues that mostly affect mental um, mental health and uh, partly domestic violence, which mostly also involves emotional, um, emotional abuse? Nati, you raise a really good point. Um, this is a reality within our communities. Um, I think for us to do that story, somebody would need to pitch us the story. Um, so, Sally, how, how would someone go about pitching us a story? When people are pitching us, the things that they have to remember is that we want to know, we want to get something that has um, some kind of, there's got to be something at stake. You know, a lot of times when we get pitches, they're thematic. People will say, I want to do a story about religion and homosexuality. And we think that is a very important topic, particularly uh, when it comes to African LGBT um, experiences on the continent. But that's not necessarily a story. That's that's a theme. That's a general idea. So when pitching us a story, we really need to know who your characters are going to be. So if you're going to pitch us a story about um, religion and sexuality or religion and homosexuality, how can you place that story within the narrative of a character? Is there someone who's going to go on a journey where they're going to be transformed or something has happened? 
emotions. And when you pitch us a story that has some stakes to it, um, there's going to be some conflict and then some resolution. So when pitching us, particularly the style that we, we tell stories in, there has to have those components. And also, it also has to have some research attached to it because we do have a journalistic bent. So if you're, if you're pitching us a story, it has to have story elements like I just described, but it also has to have some hard facts and numbers too to show us why this is an important story that we should be telling. So during this break, Sally, people might think that we're just going to sleep and eat ice cream and not do anything. But we're not. We wait. You said we were going to do that. <laughs> no, absolutely not. During this break, we are going to be out reporting hard. Um, we've already started reporting on season two. I mean, we're going to be reporting stories in Zimbabwe, um, Nigeria. We're going to be also in Uganda. Um, we're going to be reporting in Mali. Mali? Ooh. Oh. We're going to be in Mali, um, which is really great. And also, we will be um, in the diaspora, and that we will, we are still deciding, so I can't say. But we will be all over the place um, getting stories for the next four months um, and creating season two, which we, we, we think is going to be even better than season one. So while we're gone, don't miss us. Follow us on social media. Rachel will be talking to you guys there the whole time. Um, and if you haven't listened to all the episodes, go back and listen to all the episodes. Thank you so much to everyone who's listened to season one and shared them with friends. And if you haven't yet, share it with friends and family and other people you think would really love and enjoy the podcast. You can find the podcast everywhere podcasts are available. iTunes, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, SoundCloud, um, and also on our website, www.afroqueerpodcast.com. Afroqueer is a production of Not On Record, and we want to say a huge thank you to the British Council that supported us this season. Our theme song is by Maya and the Big Sky, and to play us out, we have a really wonderful live version of our theme song, Power. So join us next year for more stories from Queer Africa. will catch you, they get us all. Zita to shika, sisi sote, sisi sote. Mi fupa, ya machine, inatete mega, juya kuchoka, juya kuchoka, chiniam skumo. Si, 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 si.
chambo tunelekea mtegoni tunelekea mtegoni paoni ile paoni ile ina control fikra zako paoni ile paoni ile ina control Pingine naweza pingine ziwezi they call me crazy never lazy double standards got me hazy priyas are but so watch me fly when we take off we say goodbye they call this from never just to bust your head now we are miles ahead touch the bullet that always meant for me Mara anitaka Mara anitaka 